Welcome back, everybody. This is another episode of The Monthly DLC. I'm one of your hosts, Karosh, joined by my co-host, Jay. Hello. How you doing, Jay? Pretty pretty good, man. Pretty good. That's great to hear. Um, what Jay and I do is uh, we do a, a weekly podcast, or we do a, we dedicate a month to a specific game that we both enjoy playing, mm-hmm. and what we do is every week in that month, we will break down that game in a different, focusing on, on a different aspect of that game and talking in depth about it. Um, Usually it's a game we we thoroughly enjoy, but we like to going into getting analytical about things and seeing what it can improve upon, yeah. what we liked about the story elements, where we see it going in the future, our general impressions. So um, we've done For Honor and we've done Horizon Zero Dawn. And this month we've been doing Zelda Breath of the Wild on the Switch and Wii U. Um, and I think we've done, uh, if you've been following us this far, we have our first episode out for this month. Uh, this week, we'll be going over game mechanics, mm-hmm. overall, how the game felt, everything. Jay, start us off. What do you think? Um, I think this is, this is like, a really cool step in the Zelda franchise. So, I mean, for all of our listeners who haven't played it or have been living under a rock since its release... Like uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Breath of the Wild came out swinging with an open-world concept, which is interesting because it feels like a new take, but it really isn't because... Uh, right from the creator's uh, mouth, uh, Zelda was actually initially created as an, the first open world, like sort of action RPG. But because right. of the constraints of the original game, it was as open world as you could get with an NES cartridge. So oh, yeah, yeah. This feels like almost um, sort of a homecoming of like that, that sort of grand sort of scheme to put together this great sort of wandering game that like that the uh, that the 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 creator uh, basically put together like Miyamoto himself was like, I wanted a game based on my childhood, just kind of wandering around in the countryside in Japan. And I mean, that's been my experience in this game. Literally I can just wander for hours without ever really completing anything. And yeah, that was, that was largely what I did. So I should let the readers know or listeners know. Now I have literally like two days ago, just beat the game. Yeah. Um, a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Um, a lot of what I did, the reason it took me so long, uh, this game came out, uh, when was it? Like April, when the Switch came out in April, right? Yeah. Yeah. Back or in was April. it March? No, it came out in March because it came yeah, in. Yeah, March. Yeah. So yeah. and we're in May now. So it took me a while to get, to get around to beating this. Largely due to how much I just liked wandering around. I felt like there was no, like, there was no restraint. In past games, it's always been like, you can't do this until you get the hook shot. You can't do this until you do this, bef- this like, story part before, or acquire this, or unlock this, or, you know, whatever. Whatever the thing is. <laughs> this is the first time in a long time I felt like Zelda has been like, whatever you want, do it. Go for yeah. it. You want to <laughs> do it in any particular order? Go for it. You want to not do anything story-related? Go for it. You can still progress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it, like face, face value, that is already impressive. But if you start, like I started thinking about it a bit more and it's it like it blew my mind even more. Like think about it. You have characters and story elements that you're going in and engaging in like dialogue and make, and prompts that you're supposed to get after certain progression levels. But if mm-hmm. the progression isn't linear, it's like you can go to one like again, we should uh, at this point say we're going into spoilers. Yeah. Uh, um, so when you, when you can go to the divine beast, you can go in them in any order or you don't even have to go for the divine beast, but story in the game 
uh, becomes aware of what you have and haven't done, and it, it like adapts to that. So it's like we'll cont- we'll prompt you with what you need to do next, but we've like somehow we've learned that you haven't done this, so we won't prompt you in that way, or we'll we won't open this dialogue tree up in a certain way. And I'm like, this is really impressive because there's so many side quests and smaller things that are also contingent upon those factors that mm-hmm. you apply that to this whole game world and it's like whoa like they had to make everything accessible and make everything flow still yeah yeah i i fully agree with that analysis of this the the fact that the game is almost living and aware of how you're playing it uh kind of reminds me of um what game was that undertale have you played undertale I have not. I've heard good things. It it is one of those games that seems to sense what you're doing all the way down to like realizing when you died and bringing it up to you, being like, "Oh yeah, I remember when you fell off this cliff." Yeah, oh. like it it that was the first time where I felt like a game was actually like watching me, which was yeah. really strange. And I think <laughs> to to a lesser extent, Zelda does that in the fact that like the game is so nonlinear. Like I remember the moment I realized where Ganon was. I straight ran there, and I immediately got wrecked from twelve different angles. And really, <laughs> and, but the but the great like the thing final is, fight or like the castle. I didn't even make it to the castle. Dude. <laughs> oh, okay. So you're saying you're running to that direction? Yeah, I just I okay, was like, okay. oh, it's that way, and so I just I took oh god, my poor horse. I took my horse oh, and just started going, and that poor poor beast just got annihilated by the first guardian that spotted us and i mean yeah that that's one of the beauties of this game is it's a lot of learning by doing i think we kind of touched on that in the first episode where the game like it doesn't necessarily have like you can have these super op items that's fine but for the most part if you don't know how to fight an enemy if you don't know how to take an approach to a specific event you are going to die and yeah it's kind of interesting how that like you could see that relate to previous games because if you look at all the previous games it's like there's the one weak spot and this is how you hit that weak spot using the specific mechanic or whatever it takes that same uh concept but applies it in a different way i think it's like now let's apply it to all the a lot more of the creatures in the in the world but mm-hmm. let's open it up to a few couple a couple of more options and now you're dealing with that and like you have options but they're like the definitive like the end goals are always the same yeah and, and that sort of weird endorphin release you get when you actually beat an enemy because you know their weakness, it doesn't have that sort of cheap feel of, like, in a lot of other RPGs, let's go ahead and go in like into, like, Final Fantasy. There isn't really skill to a Final Fantasy game. It's like, do I have the spell that can kill X creature? And but have in I grinded the Legend enough? of Zelda game. Yeah, and have I grinded enough? Oh, I'm, I was only level 12 when I fought it, now I'm level 28, and I can destroy it. Whereas yeah. in Zelda, I got worked by a guardian even while wearing like the top tier armor, like given I was allowed to make a lot more mistakes, but for the most part, because I didn't realize I could do X to cause Y and get to Z, I was still getting destroyed. Like to this day, I'm still terrified of Lionel's and Lionel's. That was what I was going to say. I had, I remember going at my first Lionel um, (laughs) and it was, it was the most brutal experience I ever had. I was like, I don't know how I'm supposed to confront this thing. And yeah. eventually I figured out like, oh, okay, as long as I get the timing on my, my like jump evade, in, right, then mm-hmm. I can like, no matter how weak my weapon is, I can just go to town. So at the time I was super weak. So I just made sure I had a, a, a variety of weapons to, to go from. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up beating it. But then I asked my friend how he did it. And he's like, oh, if you upgrade your stasis, 
You can just <laughs> yeah. keep stasising it. it. It obviously will take you a while too, but you just stasis it, run a little bit, stasis it, run a little bit. And then my other friend just straight up like would go old school um, Monster Hunter on it and he would just like – I would went to the, the, the back legs and mm-hmm. I would just wail. I would work my way, wait for him to like take a big sweep or something. Mm-hmm. And this game shares so much in that with Monster Hunter, in my opinion. Yeah. It's like, I have to learn these encounters. Otherwise, like you said, you don't know how to like combat it. You you won't succeed no matter what you do if you don't know that. Like, whether you're top gear or lowest gear, doesn't and, matter. And, like, going back to the point of the game being living and breathing and understanding where you're at, a monster that was, like, a level one <laughs> when you first encountered it yeah. can easily roll into, like, a level 15 and, like, there's no levels in this game, right? Like, it's literally just, like, how the game starts stacking the monsters against you. And, like, I was like, oh, okay, I remember this camp. There was a there was a sword here. And I get I get bum-rushed by, like, white book hoblins and, like, a gray freaking um, hoblin. Like, and I was like, what the hell? Like, and I was getting wrecked. And it's, again, it's the game being like, oh, you're strong now. You've beaten two divine beasts. Uh, you have the master sword. Um, you're not someone we're going to fuck with. So we're going to throw the highest tier monsters at you. Yeah. And that caught me by surprise. Like they shattered, they shattered one of my like um, my uh, Hyrule Hyrulean like guard shields. They oh, broke shit. one of my royal swords. I was like, "What the <laughs> fuck is happening right now?" Like, I'm like, "This is weapons that I've been hoarding, and I know I'm a weapon hoarder." But at the same yeah, time, I, like, the same. it's it's just like, "Oh crap!" Like the game kind of realized what I'm doing, and it was great. It was refreshing because then it never really felt old. Like you, yeah. you never felt like you were so OP. I mean, there is a point there. There will be a point where you're OP enough that you can, that you can make a lot of mistakes, but you're still going to pay for the mistakes. Like if yeah. you don't, if you don't fit, take the contact the right way, it will mess you up. So. Yeah. I mean, it's, w- w- it's taking it's straying away a little bit from the combat aspect of it. I think mm-hmm. uh, another interesting thing about the game is how it incorporates uh, pr- character progression through use, utilizing the shrines that it has. Yes. So for our listeners, the shrines are like little mini puzzles. I think of them like portal levels. Like you're going through this little encounter. <laughs> That's a good you one. You figure yeah. out the, the puzzle that it's got. Or the, the com- like sometimes it's not a puzzle. Sometimes it's like fight this little mini boss that you got. Mm-hmm. Um, or whatever. Or the getting to the shrine is the puzzle or quest or whatever. And right. The way it handles that, and so like, there's 140 of these spread out throughout the level, throughout the game, and what happens is when you complete one, you're rewarded with a little like spirit orb, and four of them you could trade in for either a heart or additional stamina. Mm-hmm. I loved how they incorporated that. Like I, I never felt like I had to go do sto- like there were story elements that reward you with hearts, but if I wanted to just focus on like you could. It would change how you play the game, to be fair, to be frank. It's like I could focus all my energy on all the shrines and get it all on my hearts. And I'm like, okay, I can take a lot of hits now. Yeah. Or yeah. What, I, what I tended to do was I was at like five hearts for the longest period. And then like I, I think I went through two divine beasts before I started working on any more of my hearts from five <laughs> to six. I was all about my stamina. And mm-hmm. it changed – to me, it felt like I was able to do things in the game that I wasn't able to – earlier to that like i was climbing everything and anything i could do yeah and i and just I, like and in and like being able to see things from climbing the highest peaks like to the last few days after i beat the game all i like doing is i spend like two or three hours i'll have like a podcast on or an episode on of something on my laptop and i'm just 
running around. I'm like, where's the nearest peak? I want to run. To, I want to climb up to the highest peak. Check things out from there. Enjoy the view and also to see what I what what I can see if there's a Korok point or something else. Mm-hmm. Go to there. Or if there's not, I'm like, all right, what's the next highest peak? I kind of want to try and see if I can make it up that. Like that became a challenge in and of itself. Yeah, and I you know what getting a little meta on this the discussion of like the temples. I feel like Nintendo has actually taken the time the last few games that they've put out, um, and specifically the Switch to kind of understand where game what gamers are turning into now right like nintendo has always been sort of it's weird right it's the gaming system we all started on and yet at the same time it's now seen as like the casual gamers haven um which you know is used really toxically in the gamer community but i mean yeah and i I almost i want to refrain from saying casual gamer but to a degree i i understand where it's coming from it's like i think it's accessible it's an accessible game like yeah, and and the way they formed it though, that's the beauty of it. Like so yeah. they were able to capture different things, right? Like they in Pokemon Go, they understood that people are going to be moving around all the time and they want a game they can kind of half play. So Pokemon sure. Go had like this really great kind of system to it. I don't know if that was a f- true Nintendo game, but I mean cuz that was like published by Niantic. But at the same time like it was a good case study for them. And then um you have like the the uh Mario Go or whatever the hell that was called, the Mario Jump game. Oh, Super Mario Run. Yeah. And that was, again, it was just like, okay, so we kind of understand that the players that we have um, enjoy games in sort of fits and bursts. And I feel like the temple uh, the temple system in uh, Breath of the Wild was like this almost perfect culmination of it. They're like, okay, so we understand our player base. We're not going to build a puzzle that they're going to pause and then, you know, they have to be away from the console for like three hours and come back and not remember what they're doing. Every puzzle is like very bite-sized. And, like, if you really wanted to do a challenge, you could do, like, five or six puzzles. And even finding the puzzles themselves is kind of fun. But for the most part, the game is very specifically designed around being able to sort of respect the player's time, which I thought was really meta <laughs> for a video game to do. Because most video it games was, are like, yeah, come here. I think I think it was being conscious of the console that they were releasing this on. I know they, they have it available on the Wii U as well, but mm-hmm. with the Switch, one of the great things about it... Like even when I'm lately, it's been almost ninety percent just docked yeah. and playing off my TV. But I have played on the go. But in either case, I feel very, like I can very easily just be like, "Oh shit, I gotta run an errand real quick." Even though I'm in the middle of something, I could put it to sleep or I could save it real quick and pause it or whatever the case, and I can just jump back in where I was at. I feel like this game is, in many ways, this being one of the, the one of the uh, th- factors. But in many ways, a big highlight of what the Switch is capable of doing. Yeah. I I know we've said like it's very like it's very similar to Monster Hunter. It's very similar to uh, Far Cry. It's very similar to um, Dark Souls in some sense, where you you, repeti- you learn from dying a lot and this and that. Mm-hmm. I feel like it takes all these and it's like, hey, other Nintendo ga- like game developers, look at what is possible. Like this game is your first entry. Usually, you'll see things like game developers utilizing the console in more creative and like cranking out the juices of the console in its later years. Like last of us was a beautiful example of that for PS3, what it was capable of doing. I feel like if this is the first thing that we can see on a, on a switch, imagine what else it could do. Yeah. I, I fully agree with you on that. It's, it, it was the perfect showcase like launch title for the switch. Cause I, I don't even think like another Nintendo, another Mario could have like, accomplished what um zelda did 
And I think it's because Nintendo really specifically kind of honed in on like what the what the capabilities of this new console were. And I think that's a huge testament to the company and yeah. the developers. And the developers definitely for sure. Um Another one of the things that I wanted to touch on was we so kind of not combat but sort of like your items. There's a durability to everything, which oh, I God. thought. What did you think of that? Did you like it or did you not? Um, like, okay, did you stand on it. I I liked it in the fact that I was like, okay, I I get why it's there because like it it kind of added this whole other element like when in, when we were talking about it, where I actually had a notebook in front of me because I had to like track where weapons were. And oh, okay. um, like it doesn't feel like super grindy, but the game, all of the weapons were glass. <laughs> like it's like three, two, one shatter. And you're just like, shit, <laughs> like, why, why did you break? You're a Royal sword. Like, is this why Hyrule fell? Because like they literally <laughs> had to carry like 12 <laughs> damn swords on their back to like win a fight with a guardian. Cause like, yeah. um, the first guardian I ever took down, I literally wiped my entire weapon set. Like this was a guardian where I was like, um, I haven't touched a divine beast yet. I have maybe six hearts. I have a whole lot of axes, a whole lot of hammers. And I'm just like, mm, yeah, I could do this. Wiped out my entire <laughs> thing. I was beating this poor thing with a stick. Like I was using bombs to like knock it around. I'd bomb oh. a tree, hope for a stick, <laughs> run back and beat the ever living stuffing out of it. I wiped out my entire food <laughs> store and I was like, what the hell? And then I realized I'm like, oh, I'm not supposed to be fighting those. Like I those had, are literally. A... <laughs> like... this, this isn't supposed to go down this way. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. I was just like, I am the legendary hero of like Hyrule. I am supposed to win. Like, why is everything breaking on you? Like, see, it was that sense of entitlement that you had that yeah, was downfall. Yeah, it was. It was that sort of <laughs> that arrogant link from the animated series in me that was yeah. just like, well, excuse me. Like, I just oh, yeah. I I remember that being terrifying though. Like every weapon breaking against these freaking gigantic sort of robot tentacle things. Like, I was just like, this is horrifying. Like, I am scared of what's going on. And, like, because of that sort of early beating, I was terrified of everything, you know? Like, I could take <laughs> out a book album with, like, a stick. And I was like, why cool. Do you, why do you think I focus so much on stamina? I want to be able to sprint as long as I can go <laughs> See, to get I went, away from everything. <laughs> I went the opposite of you. Like, I'm I'm totally about battle-oriented, like, Link. So everything was hit points and damage. And I, like, I became obsessed with trying to figure out how to beat things. But I remember um, the run from Kariko, Kakariko Village to uh, Hateno Village. That particular sprint, I was terrified all the time. And, like, to this day, even though I'm so OP, I can kill everything on that road, I still don't want to walk it. <laughs> like, I, I will still, like, port over. I'll, I'll run the damn desert by myself. I will kill those freaking gigantic, like, sand whales. I will fight in, like, the or out and around the Goron village and take out, like, golems. But for some reason, that road just holds a whole lot of horror for me <laughs> to like, I remember finding the fastest horse I could do and just run to Hateno Village. And then I was so like, no, nope. I, I didn't really focus on like, I think I've ridden a horse three times as in the whole of the game. Mm -hmm. And one of them was forced upon me by the, the final encounter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and largely, yeah, I, I loved like, but be, to be fair, I did up until now, I haven't really run as much as I should or like run around and walk around. As soon as I found the nearest like shrine, I would I teleport to that shrine and then I, I go from there. And I try to glide as I like gliding. 
like my yeah. the little paraglider get i love it like i if i can go to the highest point my the most fun i have in this game is just gliding around taking in the scenery maybe taking a few screenshots <laughs> yeah, the funny I, thing though you mentioned about like the weapon stuff and everything being glass have you done the eventide island thing yes <laughs> so i i started it and i i had to stop because i died and then i realized it didn't it just had me reset the whole thing mm-hmm. that pissed me off so i was like okay i need to make sure i have some time to do this uh, there's a golem uh or like a giant troll on that island Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what to do with it because I had like maybe three weapons that I scavenged. So what happens is when you go to this island, it's like a shrine puzzle and you're supposed to like you lose everything and you're supposed to like figure out how to get through it based on wit and skill and puzzle solving. Mm-hmm. I approached that troll and I was like, OK, I could go the stealth route, but I know I, I know me. I'm not the stealth person. <laughs> I learned i realized that i still have all my my uh, sheikah slate abilities yeah so i ran in a circle for half an hour throwing bombs at it until it died are you serious <laughs> yeah. oh my god i just like i threw one i turned and ran i threw one i turned and ran i, you, one, I wait and hold on a second you do realize you can uh, okay spoilers spoiler oh god spoilers you do realize you can land on top of the guy using your like glider and just pick up the ball yeah, like but won't run. he chase you? Yeah, but, yeah, you but can, you see can... the thing. The thing was, I the place I had to take it was an was an the another area of Bobklins or whatever the hell they're called. Yeah, and I was like, I hadn't cleared them out yet, oh. so I okay. I was like, it's gonna bother me because I'm gonna accidentally trigger this guy and he's gonna later bo- like fuck me up. So I might I I would rest easier with him taken out. It's, <laughs> that that same approach was with like there was another puzzle where it's like off the northeast corner. Right mm-hmm. by the the lab, the, the the guardian lab that you can get a guardian armor and stuff from. Yeah, there's like a maze you can go through. Yes. The first yes. thing I did there was I climbed to the top of the maze where all the flying guardian copters were. <laughs> I I I blew the shit out of all of them, and it took a while. But I was like, I'm not doing anything until they're all gone because I I just it stresses me out. <laughs> so fun fact: they can't see you in the maze. Like well, they're specifically I, there to stop. Cheater, cheater, pumpkin eaters from climbing to the top of the maze. Well, guess what? This cheater, cheater took the fuck out of him out. <laughs> it's funny that you had stamina and you're not like the battle-driven person. Yet when you didn't have to murder guardians, see you... when I when I have to do something, I'll do it and I, I'll try and do it do it with as little uh, damage taken in as possible. But there were I gotta be fair, be honest. There's a lot of encounters where I ate so many goddamn apples and bananas. <laughs> I wasn't the meal prep type of guy, and I think that translates from like my day to day. Like, I it takes a lot of effort for me to like cook a meal on my own. Right. And so I opted for just raw, raw meat and raw fruit. Oh I'm just like scarving. And what's funny is if you imagine this in the game, it's like I was in an encounter with Ganon and, or like a Lionel or something, and it's like you're you're on the you're facing near death, mm-hmm. and you pause the game real quick and you scarf down 25 apples. 13 fish oh, a couple God. of like truffles and you're just imagine link there he's like hold on a second he just scarfs <laughs> all this shit down and he's got like bad gas after he's bur- burping yeah he's trying to f- and then he goes back and takes it on it's like that the- <laughs> that's a weird visual <laughs> I, I i honestly hope in like a future patch they do something where you can't like overstuff link like you can eat like six meals because so then part of me part of me thinks they'll go because they're they're gonna do a dlc where it's a hard mode and right. I hope I one thing I hope is they don't make you start a new game. Mm-hmm. 
the other part of me is hoping that part of what makes it harder is you can't pause the game to uh, get weapons or items or stuff. Or not weapons, but, like, feed yourself to, like, heal. I hope that that's, like... I don't know. I, that might be a stretch because I feel like they have to change like a, a mechanic to how things operate in the interface. But mm-hmm. it'd be cool if like the game would still continue if you're still trying to if you're trying to eat and stuff. Yeah, that would be which put a little put, would put a little bit more pressure. That would that would be more hunt, monster huntery too. Like, you okay over there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was just adjusting adjusting <laughs> my mic. Um, no, but like. You know the kind of funny thing, though? Um, now that we're, like, talking about it, I feel like Nintendo did a really hard study on Monster Hunter. Cause I do. They, 100%. Because <laughs> it feels like they were like, oh, okay, we can totally do, like, really... Because Monster Hunter is entirely built on these sort of, like, fast quest systems, right? Like, you go in, you maybe take 20 or 30 minutes to kill something huge, but for the most part, you everything can be done in, like, little bite-sized chunks, and it's kind of amazing how well they established this in Zelda. And it's just like really, really sort of quick, fast sort of conflict. Like I will boot up the game every once in a while just to go knock around a couple of goblins. Just because really? I'm like, yeah, because I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to wreck shit. I'm going to do it naked with a stick. Wow, that huh. sounded wrong. Um, let's not yep. use that soundbite. But... That's going to be the soundbite for this episode. Damn it. Gameplay mechanics, oh. doing it naked with a stick. Oh, my God. <laughs> I felt like that was actually a holdover from like my Dark Soul days too. I'm just like, fuck it, we're doing it naked. Yeah, Let's do yeah, it. See? There you go. That I think it's it's the best of both of them. But a hundred percent agree with you on the monster and thing. Like everything from how meal prepping works to how armor. Like I am at a point now where the game to me, besides exploring and finding the shrines, is I want all the armors and I want to upgrade these armors. So I'm right. like, what materials do I need? What monsters do I need to kill? To get these armors upgraded, holy shit! I'm realizing that I'm playing Monster Hunter now. <laughs> Actually, you know, going back to the Eventide Island thing about like scavenging and getting weapons, I feel like that would be, and I think this is partially because I've been playing a lot of Player Unknown Battlegrounds. Uh-huh. That would be such a great battle royale, like an island where all of the characters wash up on a beach, and you like have a, to like a Zelda PvP. Yeah, and then you have to, like, get equipment from each of the monsters on the island. But, like, at the same time, like, those monsters are sort of chasing you, and you could potentially, like, you know, kite a bunch of of monsters toward another set of players. Uh, You could find weapons, like, all over the island, depending on, like, where you climb up to. But everyone have, like, a static stamina and heart heart setup. Like, that would be really cool, right? This sort of king of the hill have someone like standing on the top of uh Eventide Island with like a sword being like come at me bro like i <laughs> that would be such an amazing pvp <laughs> yeah i'd imagine in 10 years um nintendo will realize how to do that and make it breath of the wild the four swords where it's oh. like four like you load up into a game and there's four three other uh heroes mm-hmm. and you you can run into each other and interact that's like a living cool. living MMO type of game with Legend of Zelda. Oh, or maybe like the island becomes like this crux of the um, Ocarina of Time, so that all of the all of the links from every time period like end up in the same spot, and it's basically oh, that... like who is the true hero of time kind of thing. You're oh. giving me ideas for our, our our last episode for the month. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but this, so it's it's a amazing. teaser. It's a nice teaser of what yeah. we could come up with with yeah. just a little bit of thought. Let, let Give us a little bit more time. We'll come up with some pretty badass ideas. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so, like, back on the whole mechanics thing. Uh, sure. 
like what can you think of like one mechanic in the game that you didn't like because we clearly already know what mine is <laughs> i i mean honestly you mentioned the horses and to, like everything that involved mounting like i had to ride the seals i had to do the horse riding mm-hmm. i didn't like, feel like it worked well for me like i was always fighting it and it it was annoying to me i don't know it, it might just be me but yeah. Unless I was just going through a straight shot of like point A to point B, if I tried to do any maneuvers, mm-hmm. it was way too uh, maneuvers or trying to do combat like the the Garuda Divine Beast. You're on the seal. Yeah, that was the most painful part of that Divine Beast to me because really? I kept fucking up when speeding up or staying in the in the little shield bubble that the lady had for you. Oh. Um, I don't know. That that to me was probably the biggest gripe. Aside from that. Um, I don't really, yeah, that was, that'd probably be it hmm, okay. that I can think of. What about you? Um, I mean, it's, it, the, the sort of like durability system kind of bugged me. Uh, but I mean, I got another one. Hmm. So we haven't touched on weather that right. much. Oh yeah. And how much it plays into the game. I, I wish at least if they were gonna, like, I know that the rain is a thing mm-hmm. and that there's a, there was a lot of it. But it was it didn't bother me necessarily that there was a lot of rain. What bothered me is when the rain. So when the rain when it's raining, uh, lightning strikes oftentimes. And if you have metal weapons and stuff, it, you could attract lightning to you or areas that have metal can attra- can attract lightning. Mm-hmm. The part that bothered me the most about it was the climbing. Yeah. And my and the lack of ability to climb when it rains. I felt like I I literally had to like sit the controller down and wait until it stopped raining. And I wish there was at least an armor set. I mean, there might be. I may not have uncovered it yet, but that it would nullify that. Like it's like this is your mountain climbing gear, like all terrain mountain climbing. Um, um, rain, or, rain or shine, you can wear this, and it and it works. Did like you it, get it, it, the climber gear? I have that, but it doesn't work with rain. Right, but like I feel like with rain, you actually have to just kind of learn the rhythm of it, because you can get about ten. 10 like hand grabs in before it slides you back so if you do 10 hand grabs and a jump um it'll only slide you back up to like where the 10 hand grabs are it's like entirely feasible to climb in the rain it's just no um, it, it really would work yeah. it was very annoying to me i was like i just want to go like three like a like two squares up and i'm like i just want to climb this and i have to like use my entire stamina of like three circles just to do this because of how many times it's making me slip yeah. You know, honestly, they could really fix it by simply adding in a fourth time feature where um, when you sit by a campfire, just set it to until it stops raining. <laughs> because realistically... But then, but then like, it's like one day of sun and then it's another four days of rain. Yeah, pretty much. But I mean, like, that's what you end up doing anyhow. Like, I feel like the game could potentially just like dock you by being like, okay, it's like a full day and then it stops raining. You know, but sure. like for us as players, we really don't care. The only thing that's that's really affecting is like a blood moon, <laughs> for the most part. So like, yeah. it it really would be a simple thing. I I tended to do that a lot actually. Is like if it started raining and I really needed to climb something, I'd go find a dry spot, start a fire, and literally wait until morning. And then it's like, is it still raining? All right, start the fire again. Wait until evening. Okay, is it stopped? All well, right, cool. like one go. one thing that happened for me where I couldn't do that was I was at the, the Hyrule Castle and I was inside it for a little bit and I was trying to climb the final lengths of it. Yeah. But it was raining for like three days in a row and I, I literally just put my controller down and just checked my phone for a few minutes before it updated. And I was like, okay, now I can continue because I, like I don't know. Like I didn't want to – I was at a point where I'm like I just want to get to the McGannon. I don't mm-hmm. want to find another route because I'd already found like four routes. 
And I was like, this is the one I want to go with. Yeah. I mean, that, but again, I think the armor would easily solve it because then it's like you can choose to wear it, you can choose not to, and deal with how the mechanics work mm-hmm. easy, oh, or at least reduces it. Maybe I don't know. It doesn't have to fully absolve it. But I, you know, the great thing about the weather system though was that hmm. um, I feel like there's so much they can do to it. You know, like adding adding this mechanic where it's really windy, for instance, so that oh, you yeah, can't yeah. really use your arrows very well, and like. Um, using your glider actually is kind of a bitch. <laughs> um, True. And like, when when enemies attack, like, the giant ones, and they, like, slam the ground, and it forces a gust of wind mm-hmm, or something, mm-hmm. yes. I, you could, I didn't realize, like, when I was doing one of those minor str- tests of strength, that when the little guy would twirl and do the laser thing, that it, I didn't realize that the gust of wind would be able to lift me, and I could shoot it from the air or something. Yeah. I was yeah. literally just, like, shooting arrows from the ground or trying to throw bombs within range or just wait it out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, shit, this is this saved me a lot of time. Yeah, I didn't learn that till late, late, late in the game, and at that point, yeah, I was just freezing them. <laughs> yeah, freezing <laughs> like, or just beating the sh- beating the show. It. Yeah. So, um, um, aside hmm. from that, what else? Was- oh, so here's a question. Uh, uh, well, I mean, this might be more story related, but just I kind of I'm curious. What order did you do the divine beast in? Um, I did the uh, water, uh, like so the Zora, the Goron, okay. the uh, the Gerudo. And then finished with the avians. Oh, okay. Yeah. How how did the difficulty pro- progress or decrease for you as you went through them? Um, I found were they were they around the same level or for you or easier or harder? The air one was like by far the easiest one out of all. That of them. one felt like a walk in a park to me. That that one felt like a joke, and the fact that there wasn't an, that much story behind that particular champion made it feel even less like kind of, it felt like the least fleshed out of the four experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of bothered me. Cause I was like, Oh yeah, the flying village. Like I'm hoping there's a lot of really cool mythos there and I get there and it didn't feel that way. And then I get to the, the divine beast and I'm like, all right, cool. It's a flying one. There's going to be all kinds of like crazy shit where I'm going to fall out. Of the... And then it's like, no, like <laughs> this again, not, not super difficult. I'm like, well, I, I like, I like the, the calamity Ganon, uh, portion of it like i like the design of it and and his encounter at at that divine beast but everything else with it like just getting around inside of it i was like this is pretty easy yeah wasn't like i i I dedicated like a night pretty much to each of the 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 divine beasts when Mm -hmm. i got to the point where i was like i'm ready and that one i was like oh well now i have time to do a bunch of other stuff tonight too so i'll (laughs) do that and a bunch the so i did the zora mastodon then mm-hmm. I did the the Falco people, mm-hmm. and then I did Garuda, mm-hmm. and then I did uh, Gorons. Okay. And I felt personally like the Zora one was, I think, a good one to start with. Yeah. I know everyone's got a different approach. One of my friends went from Garuda, Falco, Goron, then Zora. But yeah. to me, I felt like Zora was a good introduction to the Divine Beast. Like, this is how these work. Yeah. This is like your map. You can you have like abilities to control different aspects of them, and it would affect how you can reach certain areas. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked how that one introduced it. Then the Falco one, we I yeah, it's the easiest for me. The Garuda one was by far the hardest. Right for that. That one, that like the seal, about. the seals was was a pain in the ass for me, or frustrating to at least. Like it was doable, but it was just frustrating. Right. The part that was was brutal to me with that one was how difficult the the calamity ganon was like i felt like he was 
pretty aggressive compared to the other ones. Yeah, and I mean that kind of matches with the champion, right? Like yeah, the it does. Champion it does. was like a beast. <laughs> so yeah, she was like a very aggressive, like a, a pro fighter style kind of person. So mm-hmm. yeah, that, I didn't think about that. Like, do you think to like? I don't think. I think it was more splintering of. It's sort of like a Voldemort esque thing with Ganon, where he like splintered part of him, his soul or entity, into mm-hmm. each of these creatures. Mm-hmm. But I would have liked if like because if they did it where the the calamities that are controlling these or or uh, corrupting these divine beasts mirrored in some ways the champions that were were responsible for them like i i would have liked one where it was like it really would have showcased how strong the uh, the garuda champion was or how impressive the falco one was or how brutal and and right 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 blah rugged the goron one was or how elegant or whatever like show like that would be a really cool like twist on it i thought yeah for yeah just a small note but yeah i did that one the the goron one was fun it wasn't too easy it wasn't too hard i had some trouble finding one of the the last two like nodes that you're supposed to unlock Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and it was a stupid thing too once i realized it, i was like oh my god i'm an idiot it was like you had to set your arrow on fire to to shoot it through the hole Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't... I was like, oh, my God, face palm. I spent, like, 30 minutes looking high and low of this whole creature, and that was what it was. I was like, God damn it. Yeah, but I... Uh, they were fun. I I, lo- I loved them. Like, the, the, the way that those puzzles were laid out, those were cool. Because they very much felt like, hey, these aren't shrine puzzles. These are big, beefier things. I just... I don't know. This is just me being, like, the sort of hungry Hyrule person. I just want more. Like, I would have loved a lot more beasts. 100%. 100%. I would have loved if they did, like, eight of these. Yeah. and Eight actually, of them, I would have been like, that. that is that is okay. That, that I would have been okay with how brief they were. Mm-hmm. I would have liked if they did, like... I Again, we, we kind of touched on this about how they wanted to make it maybe a bit more brief um, mm-hmm. and, and, like, accessible and, and quick experiences where you could do each of these in a session sort of thing. Yeah. But I really would have loved if, like... You had one area where it's like a giant, like cat. Maybe its own castle. Like the kingdom of Goron had their own castle, right? And it's like a like sort of like Game of Thrones esque, where it's like there's the overarching kingdom that rules all the all the the, the lands in that area, and each land has its own kingdom. Mm-hmm. The Gorons ruled in a certain region, and then they have their castle, and you're working there. You're like imagine the final castle of the game. And that's like a, a smaller version of it or a, a Goron-themed version of it for the Goron area. And then the yeah. final encounter of that would be the, the Divine Beast. Like you'd go through a whole region where it's like infested and all this other shit and it'd be cool. And I with the Divine Beasts, I actually got really hype on it. And this is where I go into grumpy old gamer curmudgeon because you haven't played this game. Shadow of the Colossus. Like, I was like, oh, Divine Beasts? So does that mean I have to take down the Divine Beasts like they're the freaking Colossus? Because one, Shadow of the Colossus was an action RPG as well. It had climbing and puzzle mechanics. And I was okay. like, oh, please, God. Please, God, make... Because make... each of the each of the Colossi in Shadow of the Colossus was a puzzle. You had to figure out what their fight pattern was, and you had to find where their weak spot was. And each Colossus was a dungeon. And so, like... When I realized that's what the Divine Beasts were going to kind of be like, I was really hoping to have to fight them. Like, I was hoping that, like, I'd have to find a way 
to make the frigging mastodon like surface so I could jump in, find its weak point, hit it, and then get out before it submerged again. Like, yeah, I, I, really I 100% agree that. with that. That would have been really cool. Yeah. And then um, just on sort of like the macabre side, I would have loved to have seen like the skeletons of each of the champions in the in the dungeon somewhere. That would like, have been that would oh like an essay entry because they do have like we'll go over it in the story more but there was like essay entries for like the king of hyrule and for yeah uh, for zelda and i was like whoa this added some depth to the characters that the cutscenes sort of touched on but they didn't really mm-hmm. go into too much that would have been really cool if they had that either in the divine beast or um it would have been at the the like the local area or something. Yeah. I don't know. Or even like a memory that triggers in there showing yeah. each champion falling. Like that would have been cool. That would have been so cool because then like they could have used the cutscene as a way of like hinting at how the player would need to beat this like sort of version of yeah game. yeah hundred like, percent. But I mean at the same time like I'd be really sad to see my Zora waifu getting killed. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> um, it would have been yeah that would have been like oh this isn't all ages this is dark. But yeah, it's like, ah, like, oh, Disney does that too, so... Yeah, why, they could easily not? do the Disney sort of side cut, right? Where it's like, before the blow lands, like, it cuts to black. And it's yeah. like, Link, like, stepping before back and Before like, Mufasa Whoa. gets trampled on by, like, thousands of ox. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or uh, wildebeest. So, yeah. I mean, I feel cool. like that was a really big missed opportunity on on, on the team's part. I mean, given... Well, given, given what they did accomplish... Given what they did accomplish... I think, yeah, it is it is a bit of a shortcoming, but I think it's a good point to be at, to be like, we can improve upon this easily. Like, given yeah. the foundation that we've created with this, and they've gone on record saying that the the design and the physics and the open-worldness that they've done is a template they're going to utilize going forward with Zelda as mm-hmm. a franchise. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be interesting how they twist it. Like, I, I, I don't feel like they're going to be like, we, we have to settle on this now. There right. might be a few iterations where they'll be like, oh, we'll do like a light spin on this or like a small edition here. But I feel like it's going to be a, an interesting turn when they take it to the next like big revitalization for the series. Like I'm 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 excited for it. Like I think they're on the right track. They're doing yeah. well. Um, so, yeah, good. Uh, good uh, point to end on for this episode. I agree. Um, again, thank you for joining us for the monthly uh, we will release episodes on SoundCloud. They'll be available on iTunes and other podcasting services every Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, I am one of your hosts, Karosh. And again, I'm always joined by my co-host, Jay. Hello. And uh, <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so thanks for joining us. Uh, Jay, do you want to have them check you out anywhere? Yeah, at um, I'm on Twitter as at uh, Geekitect. Uh, it should come up as Jay Geeky if you're looking at the right one. <laughs> cool. And you can find me at Kujo Prime on various social medias. Um, And with that, we'll leave you. Uh, Thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys next time. See you, Jay. Later.